Welcome to the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. I'm Cindy Owenby. I'm a seasoned women's ministry leader, the founder of Women's Ministry Toolbox, and the author of Rethinking Women's Ministry. This is the place where women serving on the women's ministry team in their local church find hope and inspiration for building a flourishing, Christ-focused women's ministry. Welcome to part two of our mini-series on Rethinking Fellowship. In our last podcast episode, I read from chapter one of Rethinking Fellowship, a handbook for hosting meaningful women's ministry events. Well, today I want to read chapter two and chapter six to you. We're going to start by talking about what's at stake. Despite the beautiful sisterhood we may have already created, women's ministry is often viewed as an expendable rather than meaningful ministry within the church. When budgets need to be cut or church calendars are streamlined, ministries and activities that don't support the church's mission can wind up on the chopping block. While relationships are important, leaders ask, does this ministry or event help people know the Bible better? Does it help them to live out biblical truth? The stats are stacked against us. Churches as a whole are struggling to impact the hearts and actions of believers. Studies have shown that believers have lost sight of a biblical worldview. What do I mean by that? A biblical worldview is defined as believing that absolute moral truths exist, that such truth is defined by the Bible, and firm belief in six specific religious views. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Satan is real. A Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people, and the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. Research has shown that only 9% of self-identified Christians have a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview has a radical effect on a person's life. The resource for both those stats is the Barna Group. See the footnotes in the show notes or in the book itself. What does it mean if potentially nine out of every 10 women attending your women's ministry fellowship do not have a biblical worldview? Regular Bible study and Sunday morning sermons have not been effective in cultivating a solid foundation of biblical truth. Many, if not most of our women are unable to defend their faith. The faith of our women is fragile. Society is crumbling around us, and our response in many cases has been to host potlucks and game nights with barely a hint of Jesus and a five-minute devotional read out of a book. In many ways, the church in general has failed to equip women to stand firm in their faith. Christian fellowship events offer an opportunity for us to fortify their faith. Feasting on a ministry menu filled with fellowship and food has altered the palate of many of our women. Many of us have trained the spiritual palates of our women to crave overly themed, heavily decorated, fellowship-focused events instead of hungering for the truth, theological discussions, and Christ-centered conversations. Your task may be to rewire their taste buds to crave fellowship with Christ. What an impact we could make if every time we gathered we remind our women who God is and what Jesus has done for them, gave his life so that they can live. 
What if Jesus was never an afterthought or an addition, but Jesus was everything? We began our journey examining Acts 2. If we follow the lives of the disciples in Acts 3 and 4, we learn John and Peter are jailed for teaching in the temple and healing the lame man. The officials told them to never again teach anything about Jesus. Peter and John did not bow to their demands. They replied, We cannot keep quiet about what we have seen and heard. And that's Acts 4.20 from the CEV. My prayer is that we will not keep quiet about what we have seen and what we have heard. We know who will reign victorious. We know the end of the story. We know where to find hope and freedom. Our women want to know these things too. Let's tell them. Don't have time to create graphics for social media? Need help crafting great posts that encourage conversation and connection? Well, I'm here to help. I've packaged together spiritual questions, Bible verses, inspirational quotes, and icebreaker questions in social media kits for you to use. You'll find kits for every season, spring, summer, fall, and winter, as well as themed kits such as worship. These colorful pre-made graphics are designed in a square format that's Facebook and Instagram friendly. You're welcome to add your ministry logo or church's website to the design. Simply purchase the graphics, download them to your desktop, and upload them to your Women's Ministry Facebook group or Instagram account. You can check out the social media kits at womensministrytoolboxshop.com. Chapter 6 Rethinking event themes. I taught first grade for four years before staying home with our boys. I was the queen of themes. I found ways to tie all of the basic skills and curriculum requirements, math, reading, writing, science, and social studies to any given topic. The decor in my classroom and well-crafted lesson plans used animals, plants, and more to deliver the content in a fun and creative way. Some women's ministry teams have adapted a similar approach to their women's ministry events. The food, decor, devotional, and games all center around one concept or idea. Done with restraint and a focus on God's word, themed events can help women remember the biblical truth and focus of their time together. Sometimes, though, events look more like a first-grade classroom studying bears than a church event for Christian women. Women's ministry themes aren't all bad. Your leader or team may have prayed for a scripture verse or passage to use as a focus or thread connecting the women's ministry events and activities for the year. Repeatedly pointing women to a biblical truth and dedicating time to studying and applying that truth will build biblical literacy as women study that passage in scripture. As the theme creates a thread of connection between events, women can know and understand God's word in new ways. I've spent a lot of time pondering how historical women's ministry transitioned from the Acts to Early Church to a missions focus in the late 1800s to the fellowship focus we see in many churches today. Pinterest, social media, and the internet highlight the visual aspects of our women's ministry events. Images we see as we search for women's ministry ideas focus on tablescapes, beautiful buffets, photo booths, and stage decor. Rarely do we, or can we, see the biblical lessons taught and learned at Women's Ministry Fellowships events and activities. 
We've been duped into thinking women's ministry events should be and are supposed to be visually appealing. We've used cutesy themes, decor, and teachings, many of which look like they've been pulled from Sunday school lessons for elementary-aged children or a vacation Bible school curriculum. Women want and need age-appropriate teachings that build their Bible knowledge. Certainly, there's nothing wrong with pretty things and decorative touches, but it's worth assessing if our decor dominates rather than supports the purpose of our gathering. Women need meaningful meetings, not just pretty parties. Event names. What we name our events sets expectations and influences our impact too. Cuter, cheesy names, such as Jesus Loves You Very Much or Shikuterie, create confusion where you need clarity. Women have no idea if they'll benefit from attending. Fun names reinforce the belief that women don't desire sound biblical teaching and topics. Rhyming and alliteration can repel the very women you want to attract. A fluffy or kitschy name, things like Chips, Dips, and Fellow Sips, or Soul Sisters, can signal your event is lacking in depth. Puns are outdated. It may have worked well in the 90s, but they repel most younger women. Women aren't likely to take the event seriously if it borders on silly. Before you label me a party pooper, let me explain. Event names should communicate the activity and purpose. Strive for clarity and reduce confusion. Women should know without a doubt that the event is for them. Some teams use the same general name, like Ladies Connect, Girlfriends, Women's Gathering, Women's Fellowship, and add a descriptive subtitle, such as Worship Night, Workshops, Blessing Bags, Bible Study Tips. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep things simple and the focus on Christ. Attracting Attendees The early church in Acts 2 was an active and growing church. What spurred their growth? We see unbelievers were drawn by two things. One, Christ-exalting praise. Number two, Christ-like love. And the source for that is Christ-centered exposition exalting Jesus in Acts. This should come as no surprise. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are disciples if you have love for one another. People notice when we sacrificially care for fellow church members and those outside of the church. Christian historical writings document Christian generosity to the poor because it was so unique and unusual. And that's the same source as mentioned before. Compassion, not decor, prizes, or fancy food attract people to Christ. The early church didn't just attract believers. They converted unbelievers. People were converted daily because believers were evangelizing daily. Again, same reference. Early church Christians didn't keep the good news to themselves. They shared it boldly and broadly. Their willingness to evangelize resulted in the Lord adding to their number, day by day, those who were saved. See Acts 2.47. The faith of the early Christian church was contagious. There would have been no mistaking their gatherings for a neighborhood potluck or baby shower. Even passerbys would have noticed their Christ-like love and Christ-exalting praise. Would a guest at your last women's ministry fellowship be able to say the same? May God help us to highlight him as we plan each detail of our events.
I'd love for you to check out the rest of Rethinking Fellowship, a handbook for hosting meaningful women's ministry events. It's available online from your favorite retailer, as well as on the Women's Ministry Toolbox shop. Here's today's toolbox tasks. Share the statistic with your team about only 9% of self-identified Christians having a biblical worldview. Discuss what you can do to ensure that more than one in 10 women in your church have a biblical worldview. Number two, take an honest look at your past women's ministry events. Do you need to make some changes moving forward in the way you name or host your events so that the focus is clearly on Christ? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast. Leading in women's ministry can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. You'll find support and ideas you can use in the Women's Ministry Toolbox Community Facebook group. We would love for you to join us. Search for us on Facebook or visit womensministrytoolbox.com slash groups to access the link. May the grace of God carry you through difficult ministry seasons. May He direct your steps as you seek to make Him known. And may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve.